and you're welcome to Racing Only Better ahead of Sandown and Wolverhampton. A mixture between the jumps and the flat this weekend. Sure, isn't that what we love to do? Kevin Blake, how are you? Ah, bright high, bushy tail, Hugh. Couldn't be better. Good stuff. Your 48-hour hangover is starting to dissipate, I take it, from our wonderful afternoon in London the other day. Yeah, afternoon is the key there, Hugh. It was a yes. bit of an afternoon. Yes, it was. It was. And Tony Calvin, you're, you're all well and good. You survived your first night out in, since 1992, I take it? Yeah, I felt a bit rough when I got up for a piss around two o'clock. I must have <laughs> but by the time of by the time eight or nine o'clock, all the mists have cleared. So yeah, I'm obviously back in the groove. Yes, and, and of course we missed we missed our favourite Daniel Barber. Dan, I mean, come on, you let the side down. We had a great time without you, by the way. We just got a six year old, put him in a high chair at the table, and it was like you're there all night. <laughs> I, I I know you I know you lads over there like a drink, but surely you're not giving your six year old the amount of alcohol that you lot were imbibing that day. Uh, so. Baby, baby, snooze, snooze. What's that, famous, what's that famous line? <laughs> uh, famous line from the Golden Globes. I like a drink as much as the next man, unless the next man is Mel Gibson. Anyway, that's, that's, <laughs> that's because we've got uh, racing. Racing to talk about um, from both Sandown and Wolverhampton, as we mentioned. Last chance to grow your roar at the Cheltenham Bet Fodford Betfair this weekend. So bet £20 on any of the races or split it across any of the races this weekend for £10 into your account on Monday morning, just in time for Cheltenham uh, next week. So last chance for grow your roar. Let's do it. Okay, Sandown, the 150 gents is the uh, two and a half mile grade three novice handicap hurdle. Nappers Hill is your five to one favourite uh, for Paul Nichols. You've got Thunder Rock 11 to two. PJB at six to one. Dubrovnik Harry eight to one alongside our jet and it's 10 to one bar. Kevin Blake, wide open this one. Give us your most likely winner. I'm all about the nappers, you. All about the nappers. Nappers um, Look, he's the fav, etc. But um, he just has the right type of profile, I think. Um, he was a very good bumper horse. Um, like, he won his first couple over hurdles, but it's probably fair enough to describe him as a slow learner. Like, he, his jumping wasn't all that early on. Um, he was just winning absolutely muck races. Um, and he got, you know, ran well behind John Bond and Grade 2 company. And uh, Paul flung him into the Betfair hurdle last time, um, which is a tough ask. Um, but he ran really well. Um, you know, he just he just got outpaced. Maybe lack of experience was catching him a small bit. But he's finished off really well. And um, the handicapper has left him alone um, off one through five. And the step up and trip is key here. Um, lesser company, step up and trip. Um, he's ready to win off that type of mark. And uh, look, it's a big pot. And we see it all over this weekend, all over this car. Paul Nichols is clearly firing plenty of ammo at these uh, these big pots. No Cheltenham fascination for him. Uh, he's got the trainer's championship in mind. And I mm. think uh, Napper's Hill could be one to get him off to a mighty start here. Yeah, and I guess it all depends how you rule that um, bet for a hurdle run the last one for Nappers Hill at TC. But again, it's, it's wide open here. There's plenty of value. So I imagine this is a race that Tony Calvin might have had a good long look at. Uh, I think that uh, that drink on uh, earlier in the week must have affected my mindset because I, I agree with the, I agree with the, Kevin, the favourite here. Um, I think getting five places, uh, five to one Nappers Hill, um, you know, I think he'd be very hard to kick out the first five. And I think he's got by far the best chance of winning. Like as Kev said, I mean, you know, we all know about the the third to John Bond makes a mark of 135, you know, seemed very, very workable, albeit, you know, he was beating six lengths about that uh, over at uh, Newbury last time in the Betfair hurdle. But, you know, that indicated a step up and trip was going to suit. If you go back and have a look at his bump performance as well, I mean, he... He beat uh, he beat Stage Star, who's obviously one of the Grade One stablemate uh, 
you know, this season. So, yeah, I, I think everything points to him being uh, a well handicapped off the mark of 135. I mean, a step up in triple suit. There is um, it's decent ground at Sandown at the moment, but one forecast said they're going to get six mil uh, on Friday. And even though that might turn the ground a little bit softer, he, you know, that that's big, that defeat of stage star in, in bumpers came on soft ground. So I don't, I don't know, I don't have any qualms about his his chances uh, whatsoever. And um, I think it's backed up by the clock as well. Some of his, some of his efforts. So yeah, Napper's Hill five to one, five places each way. Looks as solid as you like you. You go and throw, have a little throw up there, Kev. Are you sick or are you okay? You right? I had to run out and open the door for something. <laughs> All right, okay. Dan, are you going to make it a hat-trick for Napper's Hill? So close to doing and I'm definitely going to keep him on side. I'm definitely going to keep him on side for all the reasons the lads have stated. He looks like a crown out for the trip. Start of the season and when he won his first two, you'd have said he wouldn't be going handicapping off one than three five. And I sort of feel like that running the bet fair will really sharpen him up. I think he'll have learned a lot from that. But I'm going with Paul's old protege, Mr. Skelton. I think our Jets been given a proper chance off one two two as well. Um on his debut under rules, he chased home Hillcrest, so that's not far off the level of form you're dealing with when you're talking about Napa's Hill in terms of his lines with, with John Bomb in terms of their ratings. Then he finished weekly at Warwick, but they gave him a breathing up. They stuck a tongue strap on as well. And the thing that I like about him most is how much he found to win at Weatherby. The, the, win, the runner up that day, Rafferty's return, has been blasting off in races in the north, getting clear, jumping really quickly and getting away from them. And two pretty good horses have had a crack either side at running him down. They haven't been able to, but I was so impressed with how our Jet sustained his run as he did to lead later on. He's got an opening mark of one, two, two. My main bet definitely is backing him each way with the places, but I will have to keep Nappers Hill on side win only just because he could win and he could win with ease, couldn't he? We know he's a high-class horse. Two uh, nice, strong and well-constructed shouts there for our Jet at eight to one and Nappers Hill vote for Kevin and Tony with Dan keeping on side of five to one. Nice start, gentlemen. Uh, the two twenty-five then uh, at Sandown is the uh, it's a great three handicap hurdle. And uh, Balco Coastal for Nicky Henderson is your seven to two uh, market leader at the time of recording. One more for the road at six to one. We've got History Bear at eight to one. Sam arrive tens alongside Mister Grey Sky and Lucky One for Dan and Harry Skelton, and it's twelve to one bar. Um, Tony Calvin. So Balco Coastal for Nicky Henderson, the favourite here at seven to two. Question marks over him going into Cheltenham next week. The stable form, are you with or against the favourite here? The, the, the stable form is the only thing that nearly deterred me from, from putting up the bet I'm just about to. Um, yeah, Nicky Henderson's been in pretty woeful form. You'd imagine he's done every test under the sun and obviously they're coming in here. That's the I think that's the only doubt about Balco Coastal. Um, I, I think he's... Yeah, I think Solid? You what, sorry? You think he's rock solid, yeah? Yeah, he is. Well, apart from the saving form, that's right. But I, the way I'm playing this with uh, the Betfair Sportsbook offering six places, I'm, I am I have played and I probably will press up as well. I, I'm having an each-way double. Nappers Hill, five places in the first at fives. And oh, I like it. Seven to two, six places in this race. Um, obviously, I think the wing jackpot is is very feasible and you, you make a little bit of money if they're both in... In you know in their hit the hit the places in their respective uh, contests. So uh, yeah, I, I do think I mean Balco Coastal off the mark 134. Um, again, he's a good bumper horse. That that, that second to Dorf Lodge last time over an extended two mile four. I think he's stamina ran out there. Uh, he traded twos on in running. I think the step back in trip on a stiff track 
in a race where there's any number of, of pace angles. I think everything's set from a massive run for me. The only, the only slight doubt, like I said, is that stable form, but I'm willing to take it because I really like the shape of that each way double. But I, I'm gonna, I've also backed one win only, and that's History Bear. That uh, Cheltenham third last time has obviously stacked up really, really well with uh, Cormier in seventh run really well in the Moor battle. In fact, the sixth and the seventh in that race have come out of one last time. And if you go back and have a look at the Cheltenham run, I think you could really mark that run up as well. I mean, he was giving a strange ride on the inside there. And he was, he was actually, he lost his position and he was bang last jumping two out. So he did remarkably well to finish third especially as he's, he's made up all his grounds on what was probably the unfavoured inside line there at Cheltenham. So I've just a £2 high mark and he has got course form, which I think is important. I think history bear is the win only play on the exchange at around about 10 or, 10 or so. And he's probably still uh, a fair bit at eight to one, six places with a sports book. But uh, okay. that's the way I'm playing this. I'm playing it two-handed with each weight double and the win only on history bear. Wow, Tony Calvin, two fives in a row put up here. What were we drinking the other day? Dan Barber, how do you see this one? Well, yeah, it's absolutely like moonshine or something. He's not <laughs> a complete personality transplant. Yeah. I, like, the, the, the sh- I mean, that is essentially a very shrewd each way double, isn't it? Um, they isn't likely it to have to. Yeah, well, even the place. Well, part when, you, when you place doubles up these fancy, it's nothing but abuse. Sort yeah. of a double standard. Hypocrites, Kev. Hypocrites. <laughs> there was a geezer when I was first time I'm been working at Bookmakers. Um, there was a geezer who used to come in he'd, every day, do each way doubles on horses that were like five to four and four to six. So we were sort of bemused at him, but he used to do pretty well out of it because there was obviously a high likelihood they were going to win. I mean, it's not something you're going to suggest. I mean, Hugh, I mean, it's one of his staple bets, of course. But, did, he, did he look um, like a flame haired front? Man, <laughs> yeah, he did. U- ugly red haired fellow. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 take advantage of extra places. I've decided to do the latter. I'm throwing darts at a couple at big prices. Probably won't be good enough um, because they've got a, an exceptionally well-handicapped horse in opposition potentially. But Kiava, who's done Tony a favour, and I think I'd have put him up that day at Musselburgh as well when he won. Um, he just, he's had his form boosted since. The runner-up has won a handicap by a by a good margin of 1-3-1, and that, that our handicap has not had a chance to react yet. So I thought he was interesting. He'd be played late in a strongly run race. Um, lucky one's lurking there, dropped loads in the way, three runs under different tactics. I mean, he could win if he bounces back, but I'm put off him because of about the fact I don't think there's an each-way angle with him. He's not the sort of horse you'd want to back each way. So the other one I'm sticking up is um, Mick Maestro, it's obvious he's won his last two. They've been at Catrick, admittedly, and he's got a very good record there. But him and the stable have just started thriving again all of a sudden. And he was a 12 to 1 chance in this race last season when the rain snapped. So you can put a line that through now. that. He's doubled that. Yeah, now. exactly. He's doubled that. He's doubled that in a, rate, a year, admittedly, where we've got a potential standout favourite. But I think he's in too good a form and the way he's travelling at the minute to think that he won't make his presence felt at some point. And he'll get the right ride as well. I don't think you want to be up with the pace in this race. I think it might collapse. Another thing about my history, Bear, he, as Tony said, he did that remarkable race last time. Does Tom Simmons just not like stepping horses up in trip? Because he's had him and Song for someone basically running the same races and sticking around two miles. You can see it here, though, Mick. Again, with the Henderson stable form, you know, Tom Simmons hadn't had a winner since January. I mean, so, but, you know, he, he doesn't have that many horses. But 
Stable form would worry me for history bear as well, but even so, uh, I, I think the horse's profile is pretty much made out for it. A strongly run race over two miles on that track um, should bring his stamina into play. What about yeah. your good self, Kev, then? Oh, I like a well-named horse here, Hugo. One, one more, more for, for the road. The, one more for the road. Yeah. Hey. Didn't end well the other day, but oh. he, he did us a turn, this horse, um, back in November, um, when the, the view was he, he might get an easy lead against... Um, against oh Lord Soren Glory uh, and he duly got it and capitalised on it and he went to the Betfair Exchange Trophy after that and the race went completely differently for him um, but I thought he shaped particularly well finishing second to Tritonic um, didn't get the lead and was actually in midfield early and um, Bryony didn't give him a great ride I think um, pace was strong like you look at the finishing speed of the race it was something like 94% and um, she's ended up going from midfield to hitting the front you know before the second last and it's probably to his credit that he stuck on well as well as he did. Um, he's been freshened up since then. I don't know if he's had a little setback or if it was deliberate or what, but um, he does have seem to have an excellent record when fresh. And um, like he's, he's only one pound higher than he was there. He's only four pounds higher than what he was when winning in Newbury. And um, you know, while Newbury seemed to be about him getting a tactical advantage and making the best of it, um, Askus showed that he might just be well handicapped still full stop. So. Um, I thought he was definitely interesting at kind of the eight to one mark. Okay, good stuff, uh, gents. Let's move on to uh, the three o'clock. It is the mayor's bumper, and Dan, you can kick us off here. So Mullenbeg um, is a very short price, five to four favour for Milton Harris. We've got Hidden Beauty in there, four to one. Uh, Lucia for Nikki Henderson at uh, six to one. Ava Grace at sevens, and it's ten to one bar here. Is the short price fave worth sticking in my short price double for the weekend, Dan? Uh, it's just not the sort of race on my back is something short I mean we'll probably be discussing this with Fasal Vega next week won't we um, oh. short price fabs in bumpers um, look he's look, she's looked very good I mean she went round the outside like a Razi at, um, at Ludlow and then she's gone to Cheltenham in a stronger race and, and taken care of them as well but she is giving a stone to a horse who I was very impressed with on debut Lucia trained by Nicky Henderson Um and the thing, one of the things I like, I know we've got the stable form worries at the moment, but there was a period where Henderson was having no success in bumpers, which is so unlike him. He had loads of debutants beaten at shortish prices. Uh, a lot of them weren't showing anything. But in the midst of that, this horse bounced out, despite being easy to back, and won a newcomer's race at Warwick in really good fashion. I thought she looked a, a very promising horse. Plenty of pace in her pedigree. It's a family they know well, Hooper who's become a bit sour. He's been a, one of Tony's projects, and he just not putting it all in properly. Is that, I think that's the right one, anyway. Oh, it's Benson, isn't it? They're all the same family, I think. Um, and I was just very impressed with her. And bizarrely, Henderson's never won this race. You'd think it was a race that would be right up his street, given the way he operates. But in receipt of a stone, I'm going to put her up, getting the weight from Mullenbeg. And just one quick mention for one at a vast price. I can't pretend I've looked into her point form in great depth. But I do handicap the bumpers for time farm, and I can assure you that Dan Skelton, for whatever's happened, seems to be taking bumpers significantly more seriously. He's got a rules newcomer, meet you at nine, has experience from points, cost 40 grand after costing five grand initially, and the stable, the fact they're running her at this level, first time out maybe speaks of some regard in which he's held. But just their stable form in bumpers lately and the, the crop of bumper horses they've got makes me think that I can't let that go on back to about 40s mm, or 50s. 50 to 1. Meet you at 9 for the Skeletons. 1 for uh, the notebook. Tony Calvin, how do you see this, Mayor's Bumper? Sure, you're not going to go for three fads in a row. 
Calvin. I think, think Mullenbeg will be difficult to beat you. Oh. You're at about six to four. <laughs> We've broken him. We've broken him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've come round to your way of thinking. <laughs> About that. bloody time, about bloody well, time. Well, I'll join the madhouse, mightn't I? Um, <laughs> for a penny, no, I think, look, Mullenbeck, you know, that performance last time was was just ridiculous. So the finishing effort she showed at Cheltenham was just just off the scale, wasn't it? So yeah, I mean, they were talking about keeping her fresh and going for the Cheltenham bumper, which I thought might have been might have been the call given the, the way she won at Cheltenham last time. But yeah, even though she's got to give weight away, I think. She's very much the one to be. I wouldn't be in a rush to lay her at six to four on the exchange. What I would say is though, Hidden Beauty, she won that race at eight to one. Hidden Beauty that day was seven to two. Mm. And Hidden Beauty was coming there off a of a scintillating win at Foss Lass, where she came from out of the clouds and just won on the bridle. So the reason uh, Hidden Beauty was pulled up that day, she had an irregular heartbeat afterwards. So if they have got that sorted, uh, then Hidden Beauty could well be uh, the one to chase her home. But obviously with horses that display that kind of problem. Um, I imagine it, it could well resurface, couldn't it? So that there, yeah. is, there, is, there is a doubt there. But uh, no, Mullenbeck, I wouldn't put you off whatsoever. You lovely, look. lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay, that's what it's done then. Before we go on to the flat at Wolverhampton, is the three thirty-five. It's uh, two and a half miles. A handicap chase, and our old pal, Mister Daniel Rudiger Kerwin, is in here at eleven to four for Paul Nichols. Killer Kane <laughs> three to one. Seen not hard at. Uh, 10 to 3. You've got Dorking Lad, which is a cracking name for horses, 5 to 1 for the Moors. Uh, Frenchy Doulage at 11 to 2. And Flick Uvoyou at 12 to 1. Kevin Blake, are we going to give Daddy Kerwin another go at a handicap chase here, my friend? Um, I'm not. The lads might. Um, I was veering towards Killer Kane, who kind of mm. put it together last time, went up to three miles. Like, I don't know if it was the trip that did it or just it happening uh, it happening kind of organically you know i haven't had the few runs over fences but um was good at kempton last time steps back down in trip here which i, I think will be fine and um look handicapper hasn't gone cracked you know put him put him up six pounds and, and I, I thought he might be one to follow up but uh, as you can tell from the the windy watery tone of my voice it's not one of my more bullish shouts for for this week okay all right fair enough uh, what about yourself then mr calvin Danny Kerwin, no. Yeah, I was actually going to say, actually, Kev, did you uh, did you diss Bryony earlier? Because uh, obviously, Lofty might be coming for you actually after that. After that, uh, we, <laughs> we 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 uh, we you know, comment would apply to anyone. TC, yeah, when, when you're when you're hitting when you're going from midfield to hitting the front before two out in the race with a ninety four percent finish in speed, we'll yeah, just leave stick my, whoever you are. <laughs> leave my friend alone. You you've got new friends now, anyway, haven't you? You lot down south. <laughs> Um, now I thought interesting out. Yeah, I, I think all the jockeys are going to get together and have a cold flab about to decide who gets the lead. They'll probably draw lots for it because five of the six in here have gone forward in recent starts. So it's got on paper, it's got pace burn up written all over it. And uh, so I imagine yeah, they might sort that out between themselves because they obviously don't want to cut each other's throats. The one that is patiently ridden is uh, Dorking Boy. I'm not sure why that's a great name for a horse uh, named after someone from Dorking. So. <laughs> <laughs> A lot from Dorking. You're saying after a lot from Dorking. Oh, great name, great name. <laughs> He's hardly hoof-hearted, is it? I mean... Dorking boy. <laughs> Dorking lad. Dorking lad, TC. Oh, that makes all the difference. <laughs> masterpiece. Go on, yeah. So, you want to finish off? <laughs> One of my number ones for double entendres, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm Dorking, but the, the problem with Dorking is... Um, 
he has got up a long uh, a long way in the weights, 11 pounds for that win last time. But, um, you know, it was a 20-length win. The, form, the win before that has been franked as well. So if there is a, a pace burn up on the front end, you know, the patiently ridden or could win the day. But I didn't see much in, much in the prices, to be honest with you. Okay, and uh, before we move to Wolverhampton, Daniel, what's your bet on this race? Nobody's putting up Danny Curran. I'm disappointed. No, uh, Danny, uh, Danny Curran, we've discussed him before, haven't we? He's the um, farmer guitarist of Fleetwood Mac who took something he probably shouldn't and ended up losing the plot for a while. I almost think TC had a similar experience with Boosh. He's come out tipping a lot of fabs <laughs> after that week. You were, uh, <laughs> 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 took something that he shouldn't. Is that be two zone in a, in a 24th? <laughs> 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 um, I, I struggled with this a bit. I, I'll never back. I just don't w- want to back Danny Kerwin. He, he only wins races where he gets a soft lead, doesn't he? He's a scorpion and he look, and he sort of acts like one. Seen, not heard. We'll take him on. Now, he's been very progressive. He's taken well to chase him, but I wonder where he's been. We've not seen him for not far off three months now, and he was absolutely flying at the time. So I'm going for I think he's the rag of the field. Small stakes. Not just circling the wagons here for the roadcast, but I'm with Brian and his flick of you. Um... Look, two starts ago, I know I know Giacomar probably didn't run his race, but he, he beat Giacomar despite making a terrible mistake late on. I thought at the start of the season he had Chaser written all over him, looking at the way he was performing over hurdles last season. And he, unlike seen, not heard, I think the break's probably a good thing. Seen, not heard, I'm puzzled by it. Flick of oil, I'm quite encouraged by it. They've sat off him, given him a bit of time. He didn't run to his very best last time, but this is a weak race. And as Tony says... Um, if Danny Kerwin has seen not heard and others get get busy early, you just hope that Bryony rides with a bit of patience as she tends to and she can come through late. I think I don't think he should be the rag of the field anyway. I think he's still got a bit of improvement in him. Flicker for you, good stuff at a nice old price as well. I read about 12 to 1 um, at the time of recording. Okay, that's Sandown done. We're moving on to the flat. Now, Kevin Blake, this is where you, I presume, are going to come into your own. It's a flat card of the Saturday before Cheltenham. Will you give our listeners a couple of good things to make some money that we can blow on Cheltenham next week, please? What are we starting off with here? The 131 uh, is a six furlong handicap. Uh, so Zarzini is your 3 to 1 favourite. Exalted Angel, 7 to 2. Above 4 to 1. I haven't a notion who these horses are. Kevin Blake, make sense of it. Make sense of it. I'll do my best you and you say a flat card the week before Cheltenham I'd say a flat card a week and a half before the flat comes back we'll have two euros running soon Hugo yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that far away at all and uh, mm. I actually I was quite fascinated by this by our few races of Wolverhampton so <laughs> in a 131 as they say um, uh, Mighty Gurkha was the one I was leaning towards um, you know he was, was a lovely two-year-old he, he kind of danced every dance as a two-year-old you know front runner um, and the handicapper has kind of put him into reverse mode at the minute there, and he's dropped all the way down to 93 in the space of yeah. a few runs. Um, his record in the all-weather is very good. and there, There's potential competition for the lead, but he's drawn lowest of the ones that are going to go forward, and I'm just hoping he might be able to grab the rail and, um, and control things a little bit here. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been around Wolverhampton over course distance once, and, and he ran a storming race. Um, so I was leaning towards him now at, at what I thought was um, at I th- what I thought was quite a generous price. You know, he's not, not far off ten to one. So yeah, uh, that'll do for me. Lovely, mighty Gurkha. So grab that rail and hang on for dear life, my good man. Uh, the two hundred five then is uh, next on the card. We're going to talk about it's a one mile handicap here. Uh, Lati Hati at uh, fifteen to eight is your favourite for Roger Varian. You've got Hafid Alan at five to one. Valdemiro at seven to one, and it's eight to one. Bar Tony Calvin, yep. um, have you got a, a line for us on this one before we go yeah. back to Kevin? 
Um, yeah, at the risk of Dan taking the piss, uh, I, I think the pace maps could um, <laughs> could come in quite useful here. And quite, there's two horses in the race that I've got down as likely to go forward: the Beldamero and Fox Power. Now, quite interestingly, Beldamero is owned by the Horse Watchers, and Fox Power is owned by Matt Taylor, who's yeah, 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 Horse Watchers. So. As I said earlier, I think the jockeys might be getting together at, uh, at Sandown. I think the owners might be getting together here and say, you know, Beldemero, let me go forward. If Beldemero gets to the front, um, inform horse, back to a mile, won't, won't be any kind of a problem. Um, get in on the lead, gets an easiest time on the lead. I, I can see Beldemero uh, being plenty of upside there. And I nearly, nearly put him up at seven to one, four places. Uh, so maybe, maybe, obviously, the horse used to be with Joseph. So I don't know if uh, Kev can give us any pearls of wisdom there. But I thought Beldemero, with the snidey owners getting together and twin. <laughs> Some of Beldemero. my best friends you're talking about there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, if you want to challenge my logic, please do. But don't. don't <laughs> oh, but they're my friends. Oh, yeah. He's got them snidey. He's trying to be Martin alone and Chris. I can't. Does Joseph? Can you, do you remember this horse when he was kicking around Joseph's yard, or what's the crack? Oh yeah, he was. It was. A, it was a bit of a frustration uh, for Joseph. Now it took. It took him a long time to win. Um, and she looked the lads that could do a great job. They've they picked up a couple of Josephs actually and, and done well with them. So, you know, you wish them the best. I actually watched that race the other the other day, and um there you, you could readily make the case that it was probably a small bit lucky because the, the, the hot five and behind just got an absolute horrific run. Um, and Baldemiro held on, but she looked at job done. It was a big pot for them to win. Um, I'm actually with TC on the angle, like I think. Um, whatever about the lads getting together and deciding one gets the lead and the other doesn't. I, I think they might get together and say, well, we'll share the lead, lads, and we'll go nice and handy in front and, and ensure that we both get the run of the race and the best horse. Yeah, when, Kil- when Kilmore does this, everybody's congratulating them. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about <laughs> doing the exact same thing. But I'm just worry. saying you can, you can make this work in your favour. I mean, absolutely. There is absolutely... Yeah. It's a thousand chance they're not going before the race and having a chat about the pace angle. You know that as well as I do. Yeah, yeah Baldemiro stall one, jump, get the lead. Fox Power stall five, jump, you know, get on Baldemiro's girth, um, you know, go go below average pace and quicken from the front and see who's best. You know, you, you're giving yourself, um, you're stacking the odds in your own favour. Something might come and do both of you, but I think you're maximising your chance. Yeah. And I just, uh, I have the same angle of the TC, but different selection. I go with the other one, um, Fox Power. Um, who, you know, is, again, has only had a couple of spins for Mick Appleby, um, one around course and distance in the first of those um, when controlling the pace from the front. Um, maybe a shade disappointing in Newcastle last time, but getting back to Wolverhampton would be no harm at all. And um, granted, our conspiracy theory read of the run of the race works out. Um, I think 16 to 1 or so could be a big price about him. 20 to 1 at the time of there recording. There's, no, there's a nice each way double for you. Mighty Girk and Fox Power. Well, you haven't even that. heard the third one yet, you. The third one? Oh, well, wow. I'm going to give you a chance then. The 240, it's a seven furlong listed. Misty Gray is your 5 to 2 uh, favourite. Happy Power is in there for Andrew Bowling at 9 to 2. Highfield Princess at 5 to 1. River Nymph at 6s. International Angel at 13 to 2. And so on. All the way down we go, Kev. Right. Give us your um, 
Give us your star treatment here. Who do you like? Uh, look, you, you in racing, we talk about, you know, lots of legendary course records. You know, you have Hurricane Fly at Leopardstown. Uh, you might, for a more recent one, you might have put the kettle on at Cheltenham. But the greatest course record of all time, Hugh, must be Misty Gray at Wolverhampton. Four from four, the king of Dunstall Park. And he's heading back, <laughs> and he's heading back there again. The and he can't possibly be beaten. The, quickest, uh, the quickest <laughs> section I've, I've seen recently is uh, you doing a runner from the Curry House on the Wednesday. I had to run. I had to run to make it back in time. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's seriousness. He seems to really love Wolverhampton, and um, like his, he, you know, he's got happy power up against them here. Who's a horse I absolutely love, but he's never stepped foot on an all-weather surface uh, in a race. So. Um, up against the likes of Misty Power, who absolutely loves it and specifically loves Wolverhampton. Um, the one negative is the draw. Um, I'm hoping he hits the lids pretty sharp and can get into a handy position. Doesn't have to lead now, but a handy position will be fine. And um, if he gets to that first bend in good shape, I think he'll go and win. Misty Gray. All right, there is the Trixie Fox Power, Mighty Gurkha, Misty Gray. Kev, for the balance to explode before Cheltenham. Good Christ stuff imagine. on the, uh, <laughs> the flat card at Wolverhampton. All right, lads, that's um, pretty much it, apart from your naps for the weekend, please. Uh, I guess in no order of importance here. TC, you can kick us off. Uh, what's your nap for uh, this weekend? If I put up an each-way double, I'd be, I'll have all the, I'll have all the dirty each-way fees, you know, shouting at me, won't I? Um, no, so even though I've had that bet and I think it's a decent bet, uh, the stable form is is a slight problem, and it, and it's also a slight issue with my nap. Uh, but I thought win only as we as we do to settle to bet for SP. Win only, bet for SP. History bear uh, in uh, the uh, two in the Imperial Cup. Okay, history bear for Tony Calvin. I'm going with Mullen Beg and the Mare's Bumper. Nice and short <laughs> as usual. Five to four, get stuck in. There's your money for Chelsea next week. Uh, Daniel Barber, what's your nap, please, this weekend? I'm going EBF final. So the first race you did at Sandown, our jet. I want to say win and place if that's possible, but Barry will rip me, so I'll go win only. <laughs> okay, all right. Win only then for Dan. And Kevin Blake, your nap, please. Which of the three flat beauties there is going to be your nap for the weekend? Uh, I won't put up the treble. I won't put up any of them, actually. I'm going to go for one for the, one more for the road in the Imperial oh, yeah. Cup. Uh, win okay. only for the crack. One more for the road. If we'd stuck to that on uh, yesterday, or two days ago, I should say, we would be just fine. But unfortunately, <laughs> we kept going back for one more for the road and repeat and repeat and repeat. And that's why we're all sick as hospitals yesterday morning. Gentlemen, good stuff. Um, enjoy the final weekend before Cheltenham. Don't forget, with no weight in on uh, Monday, but we have Racing Only Better for each of the days of the Cheltenham Festival starting. We're recording on Sunday for uh, Tuesdays. Uh, first opening day so make sure you listen out for that all uh, next week gamble responsibly as always and uh, just one more reminder to grow your bet pot this weekend for Cheltenham good luck